What is up everyone? It's Quinn here. And in this video, I'm going to be going through some of the top buy low trade targets heading into week six of the NFL season. So now five weeks into the year, I feel like you probably have a pretty good idea of what your fantasy team is looking like. Maybe you're in a really good spot. You have a top record. This could be the perfect opportunity to even bolster your team farther. Maybe you buy low on an elite asset. Someone's panicking. They want to sell. They want to shake things up. This could be your opportunity. Maybe you're struggling at this point. This is also a good opportunity to buy low because you may need some value because your team may not be stacked all the way around. So you need to maybe take a discount off of someone who's coming off a few rough games in a row. So that's what we're diving into in this video. If you guys enjoy the video, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. But let's just dive into my first buy low player. And I feel like we got to talk about Jonathan Taylor here. So JT was someone where if you drafted him, there was a lot of uncertainty with that pick. I mean, he was going in all sorts of different places in different drafts. Certain leagues, he probably went round three, round four. Other leagues, he might have slipped round five, round six, round seven. Pretty much the risk with Jonathan Taylor was that you knew he was going to be out the first four weeks, but he could be traded. He could be on a new team. Maybe he stays with the Colts, but doesn't get an extension. So maybe he just sits out the entire season. Maybe he comes back, but sits out towards the end of the year because he doesn't have an extension. There are a lot of different avenues for this JT situation to kind of play out. For most people, he was probably sitting on their IR spot through the first four weeks of the season. Then we get the positive news that the Colts are going to be opening up his practice window. He returns to practice. That's obviously good news. And then we get the news that he has signed a three-year contract extension. So at this point, if you drafted Jonathan Taylor, you got him at a big discount. He only missed four weeks. You're probably feeling pretty good about yourself. You probably took him off the IR spot. And then you probably threw him in your lineup. I know personally, that's what I did. If I had Jonathan Taylor on my roster, I was firing him up into my lineup. I thought he would be startable this week. And that is not what happened. He only ended up playing 10 snaps. He only logged six carries and one target. So if you waited four weeks, you finally got the opportunity to start Jonathan Taylor. And then he goes out there and puts up a clunker in your lineup. You're probably not feeling great about that. And not only did Jonathan Taylor have a capped workload, but we saw Zach Moss absolutely ball out here, pretty much operating as the workhorse. So Zach Moss carried the ball 23 times for 165 yards and two touchdowns. He also caught two passes for 30 receiving yards. So I think at this point, the Jonathan Taylor owner could be panicking either about some sort of heavy split or maybe they think that Zach Moss is somehow going to remain the lead back. Not saying everyone's going to think that, but it is possible that whoever drafted Jonathan Taylor is going to be a little bit worried about him at this point. Personally, I'm very confident that JT is going to take over this backfield within like the next couple few weeks. Um, he just signed a three-year $42 million contract. You do not, as a team, pay a running back that type of money and then proceed to sit them or have them operate as like the 1B in a split. And not only is the contract huge, right? You can be on a huge contract, but if you're on the downside of your career, maybe the contract is bad at this point, then maybe you're not getting the workhorse role. This contract was just signed. So the Colts clearly think that Jonathan Taylor is worth it. And when Jonathan Taylor is healthy, he is straight up one of the best running backs in the NFL. Just two years ago, JT went for over 2,100 scrimmage yards and scored 20 touchdowns. So I think this is a great opportunity to buy low on JT. I'm really not super concerned about Zach Moss long-term. If anything, we just saw Zach Moss get that workhorse role 
if you put Jonathan Taylor into that same situation, he is going to absolutely ball out rest of season. So maybe it's somewhat of a split for the next week or two, but eventually I do think JT is going to take over. These are just some like initial running backs I'd be sending up straight offers for. Um, Derrick Henry coming off a down game, but he had the boom game in uh, week four. I would easily trade Derrick Henry for Jonathan Taylor straight up. I know people are very, very high on Kyron Williams. I would trade Kyron Williams, DeAndre Swift coming off another strong game. Personally, I prefer JT, maybe in the uh, minority there. And then also Alvin Kamara, another guy I would trade straight up for Jonathan Taylor. So for me, I'm really not panicking. We know how talented he is. The Colts went out and committed to him with that contract extension. If you can trade Jonathan Taylor for one of those guys I mentioned or just some other offer, I would definitely be looking into it. Now, the next buy low player is going to be a wide receiver, and it is going to be Chris Olave. And Olave kind of had a weird thing uh, this weekend where he wasn't listed on the official injury report, but he was clearly dealing with some sort of like ankle injury pregame. He definitely didn't look 100%. He did end up scoring a touchdown, which kind of saved his fantasy day. But outside of that, he only caught two passes for 12 yards. And then that was after only catching one pass for four yards in week four. For me, this is just a spot where Chris Olave has had back-to-back down games, but you just got to buy low on one of the most talented wide receivers in the NFL. From weeks one through three, Chris Olave was targeted 32 times, caught 22 of those for 302 receiving yards. I view him as like a fringe wide receiver one rest of season. Maybe he's not a locked-in top 12 wide receiver, but there are a lot of those guys, right? Like right on the outside looking into the top 12. If he gets a few touchdowns, you know, has a decent touchdown performance, I definitely think he could end up uh, being a wide receiver one. If someone's going to buy low on Chris Olave, I will definitely go out and trade for him. Now, shifting back to the running back position, we're going to have Brian Robinson. And this was uh, B-Rob's second worst fantasy game of the season. And this matchup against the Bears on Thursday Night Football, I've talked about this a few times, but I always like buying low or selling high on players who are playing on primetime because everyone's watching that game. So if someone balls out, people are going to overreact. If someone doesn't play well, they have to watch it right. If B-Rob was on someone's team, they probably fired him up as a really strong start. He had a great matchup against the Bears, and then they had to watch him struggle. It's not like they were just looking at the box score and saw he had a rough game, but this was just like the worst possible situation for Brian Robinson. The commanders went down pretty badly very early on, which led to them just completely abandoning the run, which is obviously going to be rough for B-Rob. And then they turned to Antonio Gibson, who's more of like their trailing receiving back. But this is just a spot with Brian Robinson where his role has not changed at all. He has had the same role through five weeks, but after like two weeks into the season, people thought he was going to be some sort of running back one. And then he has three, you know, not so great games in a row. And now he may be viewed as like a running back three moving forward. The role has not changed. The only difference is that in week one and week two, he averaged 21.3 points per game. And then in week three through week five, he's averaging 9.5 PPR points per game. The difference is the touchdowns. He was scoring a ton in those first two games. I believe he's only scored one touchdown the last three weeks. And then just the game scripts, right? So they were competitive in the first two games or ahead. Then in week three and week five, Eagles and Bears, they get blown out, which is then going to transition into a uh, Antonio Gibson game. But looking at the commander's upcoming schedule, um, I think I said Eagles. I meant Bills. Um, Eagles, they were actually competitive with. But looking at their upcoming schedule, there are games where they should be like in these games, right? Three out of four of the next games, Falcons, Giants, Patriots, those are all winnable. And then the other one is the Eagles, who they actually hung pretty tight with 
um, just a few weeks ago. So I think B-Rob is a nice like buy low running back too. I really wasn't super high on him heading into the season. I wasn't overly high on him after the first two weeks, but I feel like people are now going to start to cool off because of the rough stretch, but nothing has changed. You should not be worried long-term here with Brian Robinson. And then the final buy low player, another running back, it's going to be Damian Pierce. And this is also not a situation where like Pierce has not changed his role. He has not improved his role. He is not getting more receiving opportunities. He is still running routes on less than a third of the dropbacks, which is going to be tough for his overall upside. But I just think his role on the ground is much more valuable than what he's given us in terms of fantasy production so far this season. So he's only averaging 9.6 PPR points per game, but he's averaging close to 17 carries a game. He's at 16.8 and he has 44 carries in the last two weeks. So they're clearly fine feeding him on the ground. Maybe he's not going to have that RB1 upside because he's not super involved as a pass catcher. But for Damian Pierce here, we can look forward to this offensive line finally getting healthy. They got a couple starters back for this uh, Sunday game. So as long as they can work back to 100% or close to 100% on that offensive line, that should greatly help his rushing efficiency moving forward because that's been the tough thing. He hasn't been super efficient and he hasn't been scoring the touchdowns. If this O-line gets healthy, he maintains this workload and it's even like an average offensive line. I'm very confident that he can deliver you mid-tier RB2 production, especially with the way that CJ Stroud has played, right? Like this is not a bad offense where he's getting a ton of gross carries. This is an offense that is pretty solid led by CJ Stroud. He ups that efficiency. The touchdown opportunity should be there. He is the guy that's in there on the goal line. So I think at this point, he's probably valued as like a high-end running back three. And that's kind of where he should have been valued um, like on a week-to-week basis. But moving forward with the healthier offensive line, I think he's definitely more of a locked-in RB2. So those are going to be four of my buy-low options, three running backs, uh, JT, Brian Robinson, and Damian Pierce, and then Chris Olave at the wide receiver position. I'll also be posting my sell-high videos today, and then my waiver wire targets are going to be up also. So thank you all for stopping by. Hit that like button if you did enjoy. Thank you again, and I will see you in the next one.